Today's podcast is sponsored by Sell Some Blue. Sell Some Blue is better than head and shoulders. I have really bad dandruff. I would know. Thanks for coming back to the anecdotal experience. I was kidding about the dandruff thing. It's only bad in the winter. Good to have you back. We're using the microphones correctly now because Brett Bowser, our guest, taught us how to use them. They were upside down. They were not being used correctly. Four months in. Brett's awesome. Tells us about his experience doing comedy. How he felt, what he faced, things he wished he would have done, people he ran into. Maybe you'll like his opinion. Maybe you'll hate it, but you will understand it after this it's fun i think you'll like it what else did i have t-shirts we got t-shirts they're soft they're canvas it's like american apparel but a little cheaper still soft not so soft that you can see your nipples though buy one 12 bucks i lose money when you buy them it's a lost leader look it up take a business class let's do it like the facebook page might give you a free t-shirt kiss kiss Yeah, huh. Okay. We'll, we'll figure it out. Alright. <laughs> well, how'd you get into comedy? Um I mean it's something that I had always like dabbled with off and on. Um every time we had like extra credit or um a visual aid or something to do in school. Yeah. There was literally a group of like five of us and we would all help out each other's visual aids or okay. we'd ask the teacher for permission to be like, Can we be in the same group or can we right. share? And so we would do like hour-long horror movies or yeah. Saturday Night Live, like mock skit stuff. Like we always help each other out on okay. all our stuff. To do something that will get you attention and yeah. be funny. Over the top and comedic. It okay. was it was so ridiculous. You were a natch. Yeah. Cool. So it was one of those things like uh in high school they made us like write letters to ourselves so that like we're supposed to read them when we're 25 really yeah all right and like mine was uh by the time i was 25 if i if i hadn't saved saturday night live and made it better then i was a failure that was my thing in high school like i gotta get on saturday night live wow yeah who was on at the time why didn't need saving oh man just out of curiosity i think it was i think it was right when like austin powers was coming out yeah so that's when like mike myers was leaving and dana carvey was leaving and they hadn't really like bounced back from that yet they hadn't okay. found tina fey they needed brett bowser yeah that's right. what they needed okay I, I was sure of it yeah it's funny how like saturday night live has needed saving for like 20 some years <laughs> They're, yeah. <laughs> I will say, it's not about Saturday Night Live, but I think it's pretty good now. Yeah. All right, so it, go on. Yeah, it ebbs and flows. Yeah. So, uh, so um, I had just, like, I don't know, waited tables. Okay. And just done crappy jobs until I was, like, 25. Okay. And then, uh, Did you go to college? Uh, I tried. Okay. Never finished. Good for you. Yeah. It don't. Like, it's just, dude, why so, bother? Yeah. So, this this was part of, this was part of the bull crap. 
All right. So I started, um, I started like self-teaching myself, um, mm-hmm. Microsoft Excel, HTML. I yeah. wanted to like build websites. Yeah. Found a company that did e-commerce. Okay. And so I got brought on to help build their websites and um, like do database management, project management, uh, website design, programming, graphic arts, because we were a small company. Right. And it's either... I bill my cost center $89 an hour of yeah. labor and then wait two weeks while I prioritize it and all this, or I could just do it myself. Okay. So I just did it myself because we were on a time crunch and needed, needed it done. Yeah. And save money. So like I kind of became like a computer, like badass. Yeah. That stuff. So self-taught. Yeah. 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 College. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Especially because when I want to go back to college to finish my degree. Yeah. They made me, I got into an argument over a class called um, Intro to the Internet. Okay. And I'm like, I, I'm i building websites at my company. Right. And they're like, yeah, but it says it says I can't let you into programming 101. I can't let you into right. web design mm-hmm. because this is a requirement. Right. And like, I'm not taking your fucking class. Right. <laughs> like, this is stupid. Right. I already know this stuff. Right. I was, Yeah. You don't I, need college. You yeah. don't need them to validate anything. No. It was no. just a point of, here is their idea for a four-year degree. Right. And as long as you fit their perfect little mold, mm-hmm. like as long as you started in the fall and took exactly what classes they wanted, um, and even for like night classes, right? you had to take exactly what their full load was. Right. You had to pass it that time and that time only because... It wouldn't be available again next quarter. It might not be available until next year. So your whole like perfect plan for four years gets thrown off if you have something else that comes up or something that you have to do. Right. So again, they they're trying to make you fit into this like perfect little cookie but cutter yeah, mold. It's like structure. It's like they want to give you this structure of education. Yeah. When in reality, what it's really about is you learning a thing. Yeah. And, and you have to do it on their time yeah. and w- and meet their requirements and do it exactly the way they want you to do it. Right. You just have to fit in this little box and then you'll be happy. And if you don't, they, they start stretching it out. They kept changing their curriculum to mm-hmm. where like uh, English was three classes, yeah. like three three-hour classes, and then you turn into like one five-hour class. Right. But then since I hadn't taken the third three-hour class... I had to retake the full five-hour class. Oh yeah, that's just right. Just, just any, bonkers. Any yeah. excuse, any excuse to screw you over, mm-hmm. rope you in, take more money from you, right? Just to sell you on the hope and and the false promise. Like, sure, you, you'll be out of here in four years. You'll save so much money. Uh, you can go remotely. All of this transfers everywhere. Yeah, there'll be jobs waiting for you when you get out. Yeah, there'll be better paying jobs. And if you don't have a degree, all these, all this hope, all this promise of yes. just stay in here. We'll take don't, care of yeah, you. Don't worry about how far in debt you go. Don't don't worry about how much you sacrifice or how much behind the gun you put yourself. Right. Because it's all worth it. It's all gonna work out. Mm-hmm. Just pay your dues and you will be happy. Yep. You get a job, dude. That's it, man. And that's. And I want to promise our listeners, this comes back in to play yeah. <laughs> in a different context. But there is that. Don't follow the rules. You don't need the rules. Mm-mm. Unless you're going to be a doctor, then you then you need the rules. Right. Because then you need some sort of certification or whatever. But 
if you want to change the world, if you want to make waves, don't follow the system. Because the system, you'll follow it, and the system doesn't promise you anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so screw Scott. Screw. I'm gonna say screw because I don't want to edit that out. And I, I already said three f words in the last episode, <laughs> and my mom listens. Oh. So, I'm gonna keep it down. Okay. All right. So college, All right. get lost. Go ahead. Yeah. Prep Bowser. So, uh, so I, I had had my job, and uh, I was like, I was really good at it. Yeah. Um, a position came up, so I was working with like other project managers or whatever. I was basically already doing their job. Yeah. I just didn't have the title and the pay that goes along with it. Okay. Um, they, a position came up on the team that I did like all the work for. Yeah. And, um, no one on my team applied for the job. Cause when they read the, the job description, like we need someone who, who, uh, knows Drupal, they know Joomla, mm-hmm. they can do like ad hoc web design, excellent Excel skills. Web yeah, stuff. Yeah. This yeah. is all web stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it basically, like, it should have just read, is your name Brent Bowser? Okay. And then, yes, it is. Then I get the, like, that's what it should have been. So You like, were set up. You should get this job. No right. doubt. Yeah. It has your name on it. Yeah. Like, no, like, no one else on my team applied for it because they knew I did. Because it, it was, you have it in the bag. Yeah. So Got why it. would they, they didn't want to waste their time going through an interview or getting a rejection when they yeah. knew I had it. Uh, the hiring manager had asked like all the people on his team. Hey, have you worked with anybody that you think would be a good fit on this team? Uh-huh. And everyone unanimously said, yeah, Brent already does this work. Right. He's already, he's practically one of us. Yep. This is, it's a shoe in. Why right. do the formality, do the interview, just give him the offer. Yeah. So, uh, so I went and I applied for the job. Yeah. Uh, I did the interview and the hiring manager like kind of tiptoed around it. He was just like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I kind of want to see like what else is out, like who all my candidates are, what okay. the what the pool is. I'm like, he says that to you. Yeah, to me. He says that. Yes, but that's under the understanding that you also are pretty sure you have the job. Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, while while he's making his decision. All right. Um, one of the projects I was working on, uh, they brought me in, um, because I was getting ready to do. Um, like the catalog building so people could go buy their t-shirts and whatever online. Mm-hmm. In one of the meetings, one of the holdups was that the customer couldn't figure out what color scheme they wanted for the website. Okay. And someone in the department said they couldn't make up their mind because the guys were a bunch of faggots. Oh, wait, the client was a faggot? Yes. Oh, uh, very unprofessional. Yes. Yeah. Especially okay. when one of them is sitting in the room. When one of the faggots is in the room. Well, not one of the customers, but... Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. When I'm right there. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And so you're just, the faggot you're referring to. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Go on. And okay. they just feel perfectly fine just letting that slip. And, like, and they know you're gay. Yeah. And it's not... Only because they were getting on, like, like Facebook and stuff like that, and, like, they were snooping around. Like, I had friends that I would go out with after work. Yeah. And then they would ask. So it just... But I wasn't like actively at work trying to blow guys. I wasn't like but they holding knew. parades. They yeah. knew. They knew. Okay. Right. And not for like I would just show up. I would do my work. Yeah. I wouldn't put rainbow flags all over my office. There was right. Like, I was just a dude trying to do his job. Right. So I don't get the job that I applied for. 
Okay. Uh, and it is let out that the hiring manager would not feel comfortable having me on his team. Did any, did this incident, uh, where the gentleman says they don't, they don't know cause they're faggots. Did that have anything to do with them finding out that you were gay? Um, no. I mean, I, I shot him like a really weird look and a couple people that knew me. Okay looked at him a little weird right. and so i'm i'm sure that came up afterwards of hey should yeah probably not right say that yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah. so anyway they like this hiring manager finds out you're gay yes okay and he doesn't feel comfortable with you on right okay so he um and he doesn't hire anyone right away he just he just declines me it's just a no to you yeah and then he's still looking for someone wow yeah homophobe yeah how long ago was this um maybe seven years ago okay so 2000 whatever yeah eh. yeah even that's culturally not acceptable yeah then even yeah okay so so that's like so that's the environment that i work in uh-huh. is that you know all all of my co-workers uh just very you know, casually, I shouldn't say my coworkers, but you know, my peers, as yeah. they like to call them, uh, casually throw around uh, homophobia, and I'm not getting promotions because of what I do outside of work. Wow. So this isn't like a big deal. This isn't like, wow, this is really messed up, Vincent. You were set up for that job, and everyone's very aware that you didn't get the job because you're gay. It, yeah. Everyone's it, aware of that. Yeah. And everyone's like, well, that's that guy's choice. Pretty much like uh, like human resources um, made sure that they tried to cover their their tail on it right and and sweep it and they're like well I mean it's it's your word against his and right. he's a manager right for all they know you just didn't want you to have the job yeah okay so what do you do so um, I had I had started comedy about that time okay I was like maybe less than a year into it or uh-huh. whatever. Um, so I, uh, I was youthful and full of impetus. Yeah. <laughs> so I quit. Okay. I was like, there's no point in me continuing. Right. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to advance. There was, it was like I said, a small company. There was no place for me to like laterally shift and move up. Yeah. There wasn't like anyone's head I could go over to get, force myself in. Like, that yeah, was you're stuck because that was my, you are. yeah, that was yeah. my path. I couldn't get that path. Right. So, since I couldn't see any forward momentum. Yeah. Do you want to put the company on blast right now? Uh, they are actually bankrupt right now. They got... Yeah. Uh, yes. That was... That's yeah. always bittersweet when the company gets bankrupt and gets bought. And uh-huh. the new company that buys them looks at the manager that doesn't hire you and determines that he's a raging alcoholic, so they want to go ahead and fire him. Feels good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you quit those homophobe corporation mm-hmm. to do comedy full time? Uh, I mean that was that was basically my goal. Like okay. I spent like the first couple months trying to find another job um, in Dayton and just sending out like so many emails. Yeah. I mean, if you've if anyone's ever had to look for a job, you know how ridiculous it is. It's outrageous. To just yeah yeah go on every website you you attach your resume and then you still. <laughs> 
have to retype it. You have to do the different cover letter yeah. for everybody. It's so much rejection. So you don't yeah. hear back from people. Sometimes you hear back right away, like oh, I'm sorry, and just <laughs> yeah. for like the stupidest reasons of like you don't have enough experience or you um, you don't have the, the too much degree. experience or yeah or mm-hmm. too much experience. And we yeah. think that you'll be bored and overqualified. Sometimes right. it's uh, your name sounds too black. Oh, I've ran into that one. Yeah, man. sometimes yeah. that's like that's the legit thing that. You know, stupid yeah. things that we don't think that uh, you live to. What's the email look like that says <laughs> that you interpret it as your name sounds like you might be a black gentleman? Um, that's not. Well, they're all pretty uniform. All right. But if you manage to actually like get if you manage to get a uniform or whatever or uniform, I'm sorry, an interview yeah. with somebody, you know, you can kind of tell like what they're looking for. Or, you think so? Yeah. Or the. Or the bull crap of uh, what's Aflac was one where they're a giant pyramid scheme. Yeah. Like everyone gets the interview. Like, oh, I've heard of Aflac. They're rated as a as a great company. And you go in and like, oh, you mean I I have to sell this to my friends and then recruit yeah. other people to sell insurance? Dude, <laughs> is it is it horseshit? Yeah, it is. Dude, I've seen that around. There's Aflac. Yeah, there's so many. Oh man, are they the the actual corporation itself? Yeah is horseshit because it's just like whatever to pyramid it's just a pyramid scheme what like eventually like, you'll get like a cut of the people like i think you get cuts like five people down yeah that's it that's just the baloney of it all yeah it's just okay so aflac yeah you never be a sponsor of this podcast yeah never all right so screw those guys yeah they just sell you this false hope and make Gosh, you work your butt man. off anyone that's doing <laughs> aflac anyone that's selling bands that go around your stomach to make you skinnier <laughs> stop anyone selling skincare products that will remove your freckles that are beautiful cut it out yeah <laughs> all right i'm done go ahead <laughs> let's move on with the story so yeah so um so yeah i decided i would i would get more serious about comedy and i moved to cincinnati from which, from dayton from dayton okay yeah. cool because yeah. uh cincinnati had a had a great scene Hell going yeah. at the time uh it got like one of the best clubs in the country yeah to play at just so much amazing talent down there so many opportunities and so i was like yeah i'm gonna this is gonna be my thing i'll, cool. I'll get good at comedy i'll follow my dream since you know this quote-unquote american dream didn't work out of yeah. you know trying to you know trying to work hard at your job and get promoted and spend 25 years there yeah you can't the thing about the american dream is you can't be gay yeah yeah oh that was the other thing too is uh as they were going as they were going bankrupt so many of the the people who like we had so many layoffs and layoffs and layoffs Mm -hmm. and the people who like did the work were the ones who kept getting laid off that's the way it goes buddy yeah and the people who would just like sit in the manager's office and be buddies with them and gossip yeah got to keep their jobs yeah so again it didn't matter if you worked hard it's just all who you knew messed up yeah yeah so well they failed yeah so So go flip yourselves yeah whatever your corporation's name was uh yep it was it was workflow one dang put them on yes you can say the guy's name if you want oh yeah because i don't think rod bates can afford dude uh, yeah i don't think he can afford internet not editing anything whiskey doesn't get wi-fi Ooh, he's probably dead. Oh my god! There was one Christmas he came in. It was like the week between Christmas and New Year's when mm-hmm. like no one's at work. Yeah, and uh, he came rolling over at like ten o'clock in the morning. He he smelled like Ireland, just like yeah, whiskey and bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. His face was already red. He was like, 
how soon do you think you can get your work done so we can all leave? Like, he didn't even want to be there. Oh, that poor Just guy. That. Now I'm empathizing with him, man. I feel bad. He was drunk all the time. All the time. Aw. Yeah. Poor Rod. I know. All right. Poor little Rod. I hope he's doing okay. I <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Okay, so you're in Cincinnati pursuing your American dream. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, I'm doing the I'm doing the the temp jobs and whatever like that, and just yeah. something to to keep me keep me going while I'm you know going out hitting the mics, yeah, all the time. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. submitting to festivals, sending emails to clubs, yeah, constantly. Uh, you know, just yeah. doing all the uh, the club open mics and you know like calling in favors, bringing in you know people so I can have my five people so I can go up on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, I do that for two years at the Dayton Funny Bone before they give me a week. Um, I did that a couple years ago, Bananas. Let's explain real quick what that means to those who aren't comics. Okay. So if you have this inkling that you want to chase your dream and you want to do stand-up comedy, you can email the club and say, I would like to perform in your stage. And they will tell you that's great, but when you here's your date, you need to have five people to come see you. And those five people need to spend a little bit of money, two drink minimum. Sometimes it's just a dollar amount. But you need to get five people in here mm-hmm. who can spend at least $10 and we'll let you on stage for three minutes, maybe five minutes. Which does, which to a degree, it does make sense. Right. They got to give you that time. Yeah. And it is beneficial. Yes. Okay. So, um, so I did that for like a couple years, uh-huh. really, of just constantly like, and sometimes being told that I couldn't get on because I didn't bring enough people, mm-hmm. or I only brought half the people that I needed, so I could only get half the time. Right. So there was definitely a lot of you know, and and people who, um, you know, you kind of burn them out after a while. Sometimes you know your right. friends yeah. just don't want to hang out with you anymore because you're. The only way to hang out with you is if they come see you do this thing. It's and tough. They, yeah. It is tough because you do have to use your friends. Yeah. You know, to get in that sort of repetition, to really be doing that, you do have to kind of, which I'm I'm not into. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just wanted to say that. But yeah, okay, go ahead. So yeah, so so I was doing that. So one, I uh, I gave up my cats uh, so I could move to Cincinnati. Uh-huh. Um, See, I had my washer and dryer at the time, but yeah, I gave up my friends in in Dayton, so I wasn't hanging out with them because I had to go, I had to get on stage every night because that's that's how they told me I would get better. Is that if I if I just kept putting in the time, yeah, well, I just haven't or they haven't seen me enough yet. They needed to see me do the same set three times um, and make sure that it was going to work in front of three different crowds, right? Before they felt comfortable putting me up there, and then once they saw the same set three times at work then they wanted to see a second set yeah that worked three times to make sure that i had 10 minutes that would work so this is your how often are you doing the club um they were doing once a month up at the dayton funny bone i could get on once they were doing it weekly at wiley's and i could get on once a month okay because any more than that and people wouldn't come back you know, they're not going to see you do the same thing again. Got it. Necessarily. Right. Okay. So you're doing these shows and you're getting people to come out. Yeah. And you feel as though you're really being strung along. Um, you know, at first I didn't. Okay. At first, cause it, they laid out the plan the same way. Like 
your guidance counselor lays out the plan to you of, you know, if you want to, if you want to work here, right? Here's the MC spot. Yes. So here's what we need to see from you. We need to see you bring, you know, 15 people here. Yeah. We need to see this set. We need to see it work consistently. Right. Um, and then we'll consider you for this. Right. These and, are the dues. Yeah. These are the dues. And then mm-hmm. once you make it to the MC level, we'll do that. We'll see how that one goes. If it goes terrible, we might want to see you back at the open mics again. Um, they Actually, they always want to see you at the open mic all the time. Yeah. Um, they want you to hang out there mm-hmm. because uh, if you're more... If you're more like a family member, then they'll do they'll help you out more uh, than just some person who comes in begging for work. Right. So I'm supposed to be hanging out. Okay. At all these clubs. Right. Uh, while doing all their open mics mm-hmm. and bringing all my friends there. Very time consuming. Very very time consuming. And so. very and very intense because these clubs are requiring a lot of your time, mm-hmm. and then also requiring a lot of your friends' time. Right. Yeah. And on top of that, a lot of your money as well. How so? So like once, so when you're there to watch the show, to yeah. to learn your craft, see what professionals are doing, to get better at it, and then you know to to you know uh, grease palms and, and just be just be seen around, just to be around, yeah, be, yeah. So I mean, you still have to drink there, yeah. You know, I mean, because the uh, the servers will recognize like, well, all he gets is water, right? So if you're a moocher. So, like with any other business, you have to spend money yeah. before you can start making money. Yeah. So you've, you know, so you have all this time. So, so you think you spending this money? It's just still investing. Yes. These are the steps. This is what my guidance counselor, right, of the comedy world, has told me to do. Right. And I will be. Yeah. This is, hook. Yeah. These are. Yeah. These are the classes that I have to take. These yep. are my required classes. Yes. Um, you know, they tell you you shouldn't expect to get your first, you know, pay gig for like two years. Sometimes it right. takes someone like five years before you get paid. Like they tell you up front yeah. that you need to do this for like five years mm-hmm. before you can start expecting to get money for it. Right. The same way of like, well, you, this is your four year degree. So you're going to have to do all this. And oh, for uh, your particular degree, it requires lab. So here's your classwork, and then here's your lab work on top of it, right. on top of your homework. So I mean, you're you're still like sacrificing your friends. They're not paying for your books. Yeah, you are dumping all this money and all this time. Yeah, to you know into yourself for the promise. Yeah, that there's going to be a job waiting for you. Yep, it's blindly just blindly following. Yep, blindly follow me. I have the answers. Do what I say. Mm-hmm. You'll get there. Yeah. Okay. So early on, um, and I, I traveled early on because there wasn't really anything in Dayton. Like I said, there, there were the two clubs. Um, so I drive to Cincinnati for open mics. Yeah. Because there, there weren't even like crappy bar shows in Dayton when I started. Yeah. Um, so I drive to Cincinnati for, for bar shows. Uh, I went out to Indianapolis like two months into it. That was like yeah. my third time on stage was going out to Morty's. Yeah. And the owner of the club uh, liked my stuff, and eventually he tells me um, that he likes me, but he can't book a gay comic in his club. Do you have gay material? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's just not gonna fly. Yeah, he's okay. like my my people don't want to hear it. Yeah, you know I think you're funny, but I can't have you here. I mean, just to digress for a minute, how do you feel about that? Um, 
uh, one a little insulted because uh how so so i'm not i had other material so you think you could have been like all right that's fine i can do my you know hetero yeah. normative stuff yeah. for a minute yeah okay um and then also just a very um very disillusioned because i thought this was the i get to be an artist yeah kind of thing i thought that you know i could i could create something and then people will like it and then they'll pay for it yeah um i thought this was where i get to escape the cubicle you know and i don't have to you know check in on time and run this report and and yeah a safe you know, place to be you yeah i don't have to i don't have to fit, fit in. in this box yeah, and totally. do these repetitive tasks every day for my paycheck i thought this is where i could be an artist yeah yep where i could be creative and and be yeah. challenged instead of just pushing the buttons right so so hearing that and then that and that stuck with me like the whole time i never worked that club yeah um they were happy to have me on their open mics right yeah you probably got some laughs mm-hmm. uh-huh. but i was uh uh or enough to fill the quota so that they don't seem like they're prejudiced in any sort of way right because they're oh that vincent guy yeah he well, comes in yeah and he does some stuff so they're not they're not homophobes yeah right yeah so but it yeah i never worked there and uh and it stuck with me the whole time um and that happened pretty early on with doing comedy yeah um i was just like well you know maybe i took it as well maybe if i just get funnier then they'll have to if I just put, if I do the work, if I get so good at my job, yeah, that they'll have to, because that's what they said. It's like we'll just get funnier. It'd be be undeniable. Yeah. It's a it's a Jim Gaffigan thing. Yeah, be undeniably yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. Never, it's never the audience's fault. It's your fault for not being funnier. I, do, I'm. Are you saying that through there? I I agree with that. Mm-hmm. It did digress for another minute. Yeah, I always think it's it's always your fault. Um, I do, I used to, I used to, I guess maybe I'll, I'll do my thing first. I think I'll explain what we're talking about as a comedian. It's always, if you don't get the laughs you wanted, never the audience's fault. In my opinion, I feel as though they gave you your time Mm -hmm. and that's all I wanted. All I wanted was your time and all I, my goal was to make you laugh and you gave me your time. That's all you can do. If I didn't do it. I'm sorry. It's never your fault. Thank you for being here. Goodbye. Maybe next time. So what's your opinion? What was your opinion then? What's your opinion now? Um, I used to believe it at first of, you know, there, cause there's always, and that was part of the thrill too, was, um, I could be better. There's always, if I get more experience, I'll level up, I'll get stronger, I yeah. have better stats. Yeah. Um, there was always, and that was the the challenge of it. How can I make this better? What what can I do? And I and I honestly believe because I, you'd watch, you know, the headliner compared to the feature compared to the MC, right? And be like, yeah, the show just gets progressively better, right? So if I'm as good as the last guy, then I get to be the last guy. Yep. And then the more I got into it, um, the more I kind of realized that people kind of want what they want. Yeah. And it's not, it's a difference between going to Taco Bell and Chipotle. And people love Chipotle because when they get a burrito, they get to tell the person making it what they want in it. Whereas at Taco Bell, you order it 
and it comes a certain way and they present the burrito to you. And if, if you didn't know there was going to be sour cream in there, then you didn't get to tell them that you don't want sour cream and now your burritos ruined because there's sour cream in it. Okay. Whereas Chipotle, you get to see it all out there. And if you don't want sour cream, you say, I don't want sour cream. And they're like, yep. Okay. If you get something bad from Chipotle, it's your fault because you told them what you wanted in it. True. Okay, how does that... Okay, and then how does that relate to the hierarchy of the the headliner, the feature? Oh, I mean, in... I would put it as... um. Honestly, all comics should be Taco Bell. Because we... We're just presenting... You yourself. Just see, yeah, you're, you're presenting yourself. Okay. And so the minute you walk up on stage... Like here, here's my jokes. Here's, here's my me. thoughts. Here's yeah. where I believe. I'm I'm pro Trump for some reason. I am super zany and crazy. I'm like right. whatever it is. Like you, you're not as the audience. You don't know what you're going to get until until you've got it, and you might be surprised and like it, yes. or you might be surprised and really hate it. Just serve it up. Yeah. Here's what I brought. Yeah. Here it is. Yeah. I'm not asking you. Yeah. And people, and it's not Chipotle. It's not. What do you what do you what do you want to hear about? What's your yeah. view on sour cream? <laughs> sour, yeah. What do you want? I've got jokes about this. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. And that's and I, I agree. And I think it's your job to do to yourself to say, I'm an artist. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. I'm Vincent Holiday. Mm-hmm. Vincent Holiday is Brent Bowser's stage name. Joey Bertoft. That's me. <laughs> I'm going to bring Joey Bertoft is going to be Joey Bertoft when he comes on stage. Mm-hmm. But he is also going to be very aware of the room he's in, who the people are, what they want. Mm-hmm. How can I how can I as Joey Bertoft as my self, as my comedic voice, as my art, how can I still make these people laugh? without having to do jokes about homeless people or rednecks or Trump. How am I going to do that? Mm-hmm. And that's see, how, that, you know what I mean? Yeah. But see, that's why I had to use the stage name because I already compromised my corporate life. Okay. Um, by being myself. Uh-huh. Because like I said, they were doing like, you know, Facebook friends or whatever like that and friends of friends, like connecting that way yeah they're already doing and like in hr will do google searches on you whenever you apply for a job yeah like my personal life was already interfering with my uh corporate life yeah and i'd have to like hide who i was or anything right. like that so you, do. you really do now so yeah. i if i wanted to be myself i had to be vincent holiday if i wanted to be myself right so that i could go into work and be brent bowser yep sad man sad you can't be yourself mm-hmm. yeah but i mean it makes sense especially if you're saying a bunch of you know stuff that's not pc on stage or doing podcasts and stuff you gotta yeah. you gotta yep i get it mm-hmm. I, I ultimately at the end of the day you gotta eat you gotta get a job that works for you yep yeah okay all right so let's keep going all right so, so from feet from like let's kick it back when you made the taco bell analogy yeah you're not necessarily going to give people what they want. Right. Go for it. So, so I'm doing this for like six years, mm-hmm. you know, um, I submit to festivals. I don't get in Yeah. for, you know, whatever reasons. Um, 
I, I send countless emails to clubs. I never hear anything back. It turns out um, half the time you need like a recommendation from somebody. Yeah. You know, like, um, or or someone gets the the promotion from their club and then you get to move up or yeah it, it's all like politics stuff more than anything it's not necessarily it's not necessarily talent you know sometimes uh sometimes a community picks uh who they think is the best and that person gets all the opportunities or they feel sympathetic for an an underdog yeah and give them additional opportunities to make them good when people who are putting in much more work and contributing more to a community um, don't get the same opportunities because people figure they've got their shit together. Interesting. Like they've got it taken care of. They don't need the help. Yeah. And I I'll say true. There is that sort of like, okay, this is our golden boy Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. And whatever. That's cool. But then there's this guy who we're just going to look out for him, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever reason. Still don't know. Um, and then there's the area where you may fall in, where it's as though Vincent's fine. He's got it. He's yeah. taking care. Of, like, he's funny. He's yeah. taking care of himself. He'll be all right. Yeah. It was uh, I worked at P&G, so I didn't need the money. Yeah, I could pay my rent, so I don't need to work at the club to pay my rent. Interesting, interesting. So you, you were were you working at PG at the time? At the time, yeah. Interesting. So you didn't get the opportunities because you didn't need them. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't as much of a charity case as some people needed to be. Ooh. All right. It's getting hot. It's getting hot in the anecdotal experience. So you. Your talent was overseen because you were fine. Mm-hmm. You didn't need it. Mm-mm. This was probably looked at as kind of maybe a pastime. Yeah. Yeah. But in reality, you were like, man, I'd kill for whatever anyone else is getting. Yeah. Gosh. When I... <laughs> about, uh, about three or four years in, I was convinced that uh, I was going to... I wanted to be the next John Stewart. Like I wanted to hit the level where like you know, like the George Carlin memes where they'd put his joke on the internet in and it was like, Oh, he said this, you know, eight years ago and it was yeah. completely relevant. Like right. that's that's the level I wanted to achieve. Like I wanted to be the philosopher and, and yeah. The, I wanted to be immortal. The voice of a generation. Yeah. I wanted to be immortal. Yeah. We all do. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna die. I don't want to be forgotten. I mean, we're going to, but it's what we do Not and what me. we leave behind. Not me. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> I just want to live forever in the hearts of people. Yep. But it'll never happen. Nope. None Too of it bad. matters. Okay. So you had these like super ridiculous high aspirations yeah. and you aren't, uh, you aren't getting what you want. Um, no. And I couldn't fit. I couldn't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, I, I thought I was working hard. I, you know, I was doing all these yeah. extra shows. I um, um, I was doing improv. I was doing sketch. I was traveling out of town. I was yeah. I was you know I was setting up shows so I could bring in people from out of town so that they could put me on their shows out of town. I was submitting these. Th- these are all things your comedic guidance counselor was telling you to do. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be part of the community, to be bigger than myself, to right. to grow. 
Uh, I was submitting for festivals because you're supposed to do that. Right. Um, there were there's a one of the major booking companies won't book you unless you're getting on festivals. Right. Um, because they figure if you're good enough to get on a festival, then you're good enough to work their clubs or dive bars. Yeah. Um, but then getting into festivals is weird because sometimes, um, sometimes they uh, won't take you in because, well, Joey, you are a white guy. Yeah. There's a lot of you. And they don't want to catch the backlash for having too many white guys on their show. In fairness, there are too many white guys. <laughs> There could be one less of me. There there could be one less of so many people. Yeah. But, so then on top of that, then it's, okay, so I have that leg up, so I should do, I, my submission set, set should be pretty gay to let them know, hey, I'm I'm part of your diversity lineup. I'm not white, I'm gay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes they're like, well, but we already have a gay. Okay. So... It's weird just trying to figure out who wants what for their thing because they still have to make money off of their festival. They still, yeah. Have, yeah. So I don't know how to get in to places. I haven't figured it out. So I was, right. was just going to say, screw it. Let's just go to New York. That's the end game, right? Okay. Everyone ends up in New York. That's where the opportunities are. Okay. You go there to get really good. Yeah. Um, that's where the Daily Show is. I could go right for that. That's what I want to do, anyways. Yep. Um. I visited New York, mm-hmm. uh, and they were like, if you're not in New York, you're not doing it. And I saw yeah. like a couple hundred people not really doing it in New York either. <laughs> Wait, what do you explain that? It's the same, the same stuff. Uh, I watched, I watched a show at the knitting factory and the people who ran that, yeah. uh, I had seen all smoking weed at another open mic beforehand. Yeah. And then they were the first, first four people up on that showcase show. At the Knitting Factory. Yeah. Which is a big deal. Yeah. The Knitting Factory, big... if you listen to, I think, Ask Me Another, mm-hmm. is done at the Knitting Factory? I think so, maybe. Yeah. So it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a, it's a so big deal. It was bunch Hannibal's of... show. Hannibal's show. Yeah. 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 And okay. he gave it to Chicago people. Okay. Yeah. Um, did they did they work hard enough to earn that show? Did they Were they contributing to that show while he was still there? Yeah. What were they doing? Did they set that up? Did they build it? I, like, I don't know. Okay. But when he left, it went to them. Yeah. So, did they inherit it? Or right. did they Or did they build it and work for it? Yeah. And then when I see... And they weren't, they weren't good. They weren't good. They were lazy comics. Yeah. But yeah. they were all high before, with each other before the show. They just inherited it. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, so, that's how you get on. It's still the buddy system. It's, it's not a matter yeah. of hard work. You know, I, I saw, <laughs> God, I saw so many talented people in the audience watching this show that right. should have been on the show. But it was these, um, you're really, you're a comedy heiress. Mm-hmm. Does that? Yeah. That resonates with you? Yeah. You inherited this dope show because you happen to know Hannibal from somewhere in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Hannibal Burris. Very great comedian. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you visit. You yeah. visit New York. This is your observation. Yeah. Okay. Um, I see um, eventually... Drink your champagne, dude. Oh, sorry. I'm like the only one drinking. Yeah. So, you know, so I see all these people. They're not also like not really doing it. You know, I see, you know, people from At Midnight dropping in to do yeah. 15 minutes on a show. Uh, they're not being paid that night. Yeah. You know, they're just dropping in. Yeah. Whatever. It's the same stuff that's going on in Cincinnati. 
Yeah. It's just happening in New York. Right. Um, so there's a better chance to be seen. Yeah. Um, there's also a bigger chance to be overshadowed. Right. Um, you know, I mean, it just is what it is. Yeah. It's a great city, but I figured out the scene. It was the same thing. Yeah. No matter where you're at. Yep. You're just fighting for bigger opportunities. Yeah, exactly. It's always a dog fight. Yeah. Okay. So, so I come back and then, you know, was getting comfortable with the idea of like giving up more things, you know, sacrificing my job, um, getting rid of like what few personal possessions I had left and whatever. Uh, and then like the last week that I, last week I felt like I was doing comedy. Mm -hmm. I guess my, my last week I had a passion for it. Okay. Uh, was the week of the, uh, the Cleveland comedy festival. This was very recently, wasn't it? Yes. Wow. We're already here. This is not that long ago. Mm -mm. All right. So Cleveland Comedy Festival, you're already kind of down and out. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm already having like doubts in my head because I made it into a couple festivals and I know the people who ran them and they were telling me like what they look for in festivals. And part of it was they like diversity in festivals. Yeah. So, you know, so I'm submitting these super gay sets and I'm getting in, but I don't know, am I getting in because I'm funny? Yeah. Or am I filling a quota? Okay. So it's almost the exact opposite now of, I've got one guy telling me I can't book you because you're gay. Yeah. But then I don't know, am I getting booked because I'm gay? Am I any good at this? Does, does any of this right. even matter? Are you just uh, filling a need am, for a gay comic? Am I a checkbox or am I a comic? Right. And I have no idea. Does it matter? To you at that point? It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So, totally. yeah. So, um, so it's like the week before, before I go, I, I book a bunch of shows before I go on this, uh, this tour, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, I watch, um, the, uh, the family guy parody of the star Wars movies. Okay. Uh, with the director's commentary on there. Uh huh. And, so the scene where like Luke is like uh, in um, Empire Strikes Back when Luke is getting ready to be eaten by um, the the ice monster and he cuts its arm off with the lightsaber. Yeah. So they did the thing and Seth MacFarlane is talking about how when they originally shot or well shouldn't say shot it's a cartoon but when they originally did the joke they were going to do a Monty Python the Holy Grail Black Knight bit. Okay. Cut off all of his limbs uh, just a flesh wound. Right. When they dem when Fox demoed it to their um, uh, target audience, they didn't get the joke, so they made him go back and redo the joke yeah. for what they wanted. Mm -hmm. So he already kind of compromised there what he thought was funny, right. what was himself. He compromised that so he could cash that check. Totally. Um, Brooks Whelan stopped by, did a surprise guest set. Um, Wait, this we're back at Cleveland Comedy Fest. Uh, no, I haven't left yet. We're oh. back in Cincinnati. We're back in Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay, so, cool. So uh, he's doing a show, and SNL. Yeah, Saturday formally. Night. Yeah, okay, formally. Yeah. Um, I watch him bring him up as you know. You've seen this guy on Saturday Night Live, Brooks Whelan. Mm -hmm. He kind of has like a half breakdown on stage where like his girlfriend left him. He talks about how he reached his dream of being on Saturday Night Live, and six months later, they fired him. Yeah. So, you know, the whole thing he strived for, 
blows up in his face. Right. Um, and he get every time he gets brought on stage, he gets introduced and reminded that he failed at his dream. Oh, yeah. I did hear something about this. Yeah. Okay. And how does that affect you? Um, and that just reminded me of like all the people who are getting fired, you know, from their jobs. Uh, yeah. You know, I've got several friends who are in their 50s. Yeah. And they worked at a company for 23 years. And then their jobs were dissolved. Yeah. The company restructures. And so they don't need their position anymore. So before mm-hmm. they can collect their retirement, they, uh, they're, they're fired. And they have to go look for work now and okay. figure out insurance. And, and that's not what they were told. They were told that you work at a place for 25 years and you retire. Yeah. And everything's taken care of. Right. Um, I think of all the other people who, you know, I thought of my time where I worked really hard at my job, uh-huh. thought I'd get the promotion and I don't get it. Right. Now the company's bankrupt. So I might not have, it might not have mattered anyways. <laughs> right. You know, like all this stuff that people work for, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Mulaney worked for his show. It didn't last. Yeah. You know, but yet Charlie Sheen did how many seasons on Two and a Half Men? Like, yeah. none of it makes sense. None of it is going to last. Yeah, I think you can't work for, you can set goals. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll reach those goals. But nobody, I think at the end of the day, I don't want to, you know, kind of at the end of the day this already. <laughs> nobody owes you anything. And if anyone gives you some opportunity, a show on FX, if you're John Mulaney, mm-hmm. a stint at SNL, nobody owed you that. Mm-mm. You didn't deserve that. You got the opportunity. Thank Lauren Michaels for giving you that opportunity. Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, poor Brooks Lee- Whelan. Poor your friends at P&G. Yeah, you had an expectation. Maybe you were promised something. Nobody owes you anything. Thank people for the paycheck. Say, hey, you know what? I worked here for 23 years. You gave me a paycheck. That's what I worked for. That's all you owed me, and you gave it to me. Say thank you. You know? Yeah. That's the way I perceive things like that. Yeah, but it's also like that complete lack of stability to where you don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. That's life, man. Yeah. In my perspective, Yeah. I mean, I'm anxious all the time Mm -hmm. for that reason. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what it is. Yeah, is there's that same instability anywhere? I mean, God, you know, yep. The club we all love may close down. Wiley's has been owned, has changed, was has been closing since I've been doing yeah. comedy. Has been closing since long before. Yeah. Uh, changed ownerships. We thought they were going to close down permanently. Uh, they still might. Who knows? Right. You know that's that same instability in comedy is the same instability that I have in a corporate world. And you should, you should never take anything as if it's always going to be there. Right. Maybe certain things may have a little more, um, maybe seem more stable. Mm -hmm. Maybe seem like they're not going away, but don't count on anything, you know? Right. Be prepared. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't have children. <laughs> Never have children. Jeez. Never have children. No. Throw them in the fucking river. <laughs> if you have them already, to the river. Yeah. 
The Ohio or the nearest one. It, yeah. It could even just be Caesars Creek. Just get rid of it. There you go. Get Do r- the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Well, okay. Our audience has now murdered their children. Okay, good. Okay. So, there's now no stability can... in anything. Right. Yeah. So, dude, take us back to the Cleveland Comedy Festival. So, okay. So, the week I go to Cleveland Comedy Festival, I book... Mm-hmm. Uh, I end up, where do I start? I feel like there's something before Detroit, but I, I go to Detroit. Yeah. Um, they put me on, uh, they, I get on a, a show there. I'm hanging out with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're great. Where I go in the lineup is, uh, um, they had Brad Wenzel who just got his Conan. Yeah. Then me. And then, uh, Jeff Sheen who won, um, some contest to go represent America in this global comedy competition. Okay. So you've got like two heavy hitters, me in the middle. Like I was, I was the crappy comic. Like that's where you, <laughs> I've run enough shows. I know okay. that's where you put the weak one. Right. So that you've got the two powerhouses right. on either end that can save the show for, you know, when they expected me to tank it. Yeah. Um, so fortunately I did not tank it. Uh, I did well. I got my applause break like I wanted. Everything was fine, but still like super nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, I did that. Got my ten bucks. Doing wow. Yeah. Um, where for, what at, in Detroit? In Detroit. Yeah. At where? Man, I don't remember the name of the place now. This is the club. Nope. Just uh, just a bar. Just a bar in their okay. hipster district. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, and like the ten bucks was nice. I mean, I I didn't plan on it. You know, it was yeah. it was appreciated, but yeah. uh, I was up there mostly just to hang out with my friends. Yeah, uh, we an had opportunity. a great, Yeah, we had yeah. a great time. Uh, I enjoyed seeing them. It was uh, we had some fantastic sliders for lunch. Yeah, uh, it was oh, great sliders, man. Uh, especially like gourmet hipster sliders. Yeah, so good. Like a chicken parm. Yes. How? Anyway. Anyways. Jeez. Uh, next night I go down. Uh, one of my friends is doing. Um, doing a show at his bar um you know hardly anyone shows up to it which is my typical draw power yeah <laughs> yeah um you know i got my money i stayed with them um it was it was good i yeah. really enjoyed like seeing him the audience even though they were small they were fantastic it was a great time uh, i enjoyed it yeah um tuesday i hung out with a couple friends of mine and I wasn't doing a show, but we were just talking. And, uh, you know, a buddy of mine, he works for, you know, this big booking company. Uh-huh. And uh, there's really, like, two booking companies in America. There's the Funny Bones and there's the other one. What's that? Oh, Funny Business. Is that, that's the other booking company? Yeah. Okay. Um, so they book, like, a bunch of the other clubs at the Funny Business. Okay. Or that the Funny Bone doesn't book. Um, you know, he was talking to them. We were talking, and I've heard this from other people, too, um, and just kind of, like, he really reiterated that instability mm-hmm. of where they'd pick up new rooms, and then they'd lose rooms, and then you had to go in and, and you know, tell tell the jokes um, that they would want to hear, um, and not necessarily the jokes that he enjoyed, um, you know, some typical frustrations of, well, how do I move up? Okay. You know, and then I guess you just put in more time. Right. I guess you just you just do it longer than by seniority. Right. You get to do it. Yeah. 
um, not necessarily by talent, but just seniority, I guess. Who's telling you this? Um, my buddy. Your buddy. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drop names. No, don't. And, and I don't want to edit but, anything. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. Well, I don't want to compromise him, but. And I don't want to edit. Yeah, I really don't want to edit. Yeah, editing is terrible. I hate it. Okay, so he tells you. Yeah. So all this stuff, like your if seniority. Yeah. May rule the world. Yeah, and uh, and how he's like not really enjoying. He's not really enjoying comedy. He's jaded. Yeah. Okay. And like, and that's then that, he's doing the job. Like you know, he's he's not in an office. Right. Anywhere he's not doing. In a way, he's not doing that boring, repetitive work in a cubicle, surrounded yeah. by people that don't talk to him. Right. But it, in a way, he kind of is doing the boring, repetitive work. Like he's telling yeah. his same twenty, twenty-five minutes. In it's, the in the yeah. order, it's turned into people, an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, people still aren't mm-hmm. talking to him. Yeah, you know, it's he spent so much time in his car. Yeah, that there's not necessarily unless you get booked with somebody. Yeah, on a on a run of things, you know, but you're by yourself. You know, so he's done. He's or he's not done, but he's letting you know, like I don't feel very good about this. Yeah, and okay. like, and this is his job. Yeah, and he kind of hates his job. Yep. In the way that I hate my corporate job. Right. You're still at PNG at that point? Nope. I'm someplace else. You're at a diff- but same deal. Yeah. Same okay. deal of I don't really like the people that I have to interact with. I don't like my coworkers. Yeah. I don't like the people I do work for. Mm-hmm. Um, I come in. Oh, it's Monday. I have to do this. Tuesday, right. I have to do this. Every day, I have to do this. Yeah. You know, I have to open with, you know, um, God, I don't even remember my opener anymore. But, I mean, you get it. Yeah. Like, this is the joke that I tell first. Right. This is joke I tell second. Yeah. I have to tell this joke before this joke. It's work. This is my closer. Yeah. Yep. It's not work. fun. No. Because it it's to be fun. Yeah. Because it's, it's your now. job. Because everyone hates their job. And when everyone comedy does. becomes your job, you hate your job. Yeah. Yeah. When you can turn it into... When you can turn art into a job. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to speak too lofty about stand-up comedy, but to me, I, I want people to emotionally connect to whatever I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I also want to be able to connect to it as well. Yeah. Anytime you're doing anything remotely creative, yeah, it it turns into, well, I have to do this over and over and over. Right. And I, yeah, and I think you have to. Mm-hmm. You really do, because what people will want you to say, if you do for the money... Mm-hmm. If you do for the money, right? Welcome to that world. Welcome to doing. Welcome to reading Shakespeare, right? Welcome to doing. Oh, here I wrote this script of stuff that I go out on the stage and say every night. Yeah, because the people at whatever blah blah blah. This is what they expect, and they'll come out and they'll laugh. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my my graphic artist friends, uh, mm-hmm. the ones that <laughs> the ones that like did my album cover, the ones that I, I hired to do my work. Yeah. They get so excited to do something that isn't putting lines and check mark boxes on medical forms. Yeah. Like that's what a graphic artist does. Yeah. It's here is our logo that we've already designed. Right. We need you to put it exactly logo uh, size from the top and from the margin on all of yeah. our stationery. Like it's very we specifically need this and they don't get to be that creative they're just being employed for their specific set of skills that they have they know how to push the buttons yeah how to to trigger the reactions to get it to work so that's yeah it's like with comedy it's like i know how to say 
I know what's the what's the shitty town close to here that everyone hates. Right. What's the name of the football team? Who's you know? It's who's being the a rival? Hack. To, it's yeah. just being learning but how it to works. be a hack. But it works because those are the buttons you push that get the desired reactions. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. But it's the same. I told someone the other day. If you go on stage and you have a punchline that ends with my dick mm-hmm. and you pretend to hold a massive penis yeah. near your crotch people are going to laugh mm-hmm. people are going to erupt yep people are going to laugh uh if you just complain about something yeah. if you say if you and then you complain about a thing mm-hmm. and follow it up with kill yourself right people will laugh every time bitches be like they're already laughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's very there's very specific triggers that you do. Yeah, and this is how. And that's what it, you mean. You gotta say, you know what? I'm gonna go out on stage and I'm gonna make these mm-hmm. shitheads laugh with something that is different than bitches be like. Then that's different than me just complaining about Trump. I'm gonna be me and I'm gonna make them laugh. So, but but mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah. Most people are like, just say, talk about Trump. Yeah. So that's that's where the Cleveland Comedy Festival comes in. Yeah, let's do it. This is going to be a long as shit episode, dude. This how, is so long. How long is it already? Ah, damn. I mean, we're looking... Ah, damn. We're at like 110... No, not 110. Uh, an hour and 10 minutes now. We got a lot to riff off of. Okay. Too. But it's fine. I can edit some stuff out. If it's two hours, it's two hours. It's fine. Okay. Just go. Let's just right. kick it from the Cleveland Comedy Fest, man. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Cleveland Comedy Festival. Uh, I'm rooming with one of my friends. Uh, also works for the other uh, major corporation. Mm-hmm. Tells me that he hasn't been getting as much work lately. Yeah. Because uh, and the way they do it is, and I didn't get hardly any work from them at all. I got one gig once that got canceled because the the venue decided they didn't want to have comedy anymore. Yeah. So I never got that venue. I never got that gig redone um, until two years later. They gave me something up in Toledo, uh, and that didn't go well. So I'm talking to my buddy. He says he's not getting as much work from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the the bookers told him um, that he got a complaint, and so it was like some lady was acting up or whatever. Uh, she was drunk and heckling. He handled her. I guess they had to like comp her meal or whatever. The guy who owned the club slash bar, whatever, said, hey, this guy, you know, walked an audience member. I had to comp someone because of him. So because he got that bad mark, yeah, it was suddenly, well, I don't know if we can, I don't know if we can book this guy anymore. Yeah. He's, because they don't necessarily care about the comedy. They don't care what your act is. Uh, or what you do they just want you to get a positive feedback from the club yeah and then they'll know that they can put you at the rest of their places they're just here for customer service yeah at this point you are nothing but burritos to this company and someone is saying you want comedy here's three comics i'm sorry you didn't like this one right we'll take it off your bill it's yeah we didn't enjoy the movie yeah to a degree. Yeah. This movie was rated PG-13, but we heard the word f***. Yeah. 
we want our money back mm-hmm. yeah yeah they brought their kids to deadpool and this isn't what they thought it was going to be right yeah yeah so so that's that's kind of how like once you start once you know that's how that system works right then it just becomes a game of let's suck up to the club owner yeah let's not make any audiences upset for any reason yeah because i need i need that hundred dollars yeah to pay my rent when that becomes your job it's like what do i have to do to keep my job yeah i have to show up on time i gotta wear the uniform i have to you uh, lost it yeah you were chasing something yeah and now to avoid another thing yeah now now you've got to put yourself in that box that same little corporate box right that the that the rest of us live in yeah in order to keep that job because you're an artist you're an artist who just like your graphic design friends are now no longer artists Mm -hmm. because they're told do this yep don't say hey i need this logo Mm -hmm. i have an idea make it Mm -hmm. you're just saying hey do exactly what i want yep you're not an artist Mm -mm. can't be you and that's that's scary okay yeah so then so i have this conversation that's like really like sinking in yeah after i've you know after my other buddy tells me that he's doing it but he's not happy right after i watch brock you know brooks whelan be all but hurt yeah yeah what i hear seth mcfarland saying he has to compromise yeah for his paycheck uh, I do the Cleveland Comedy Festival. Um, I thought I, I thought I would be fine because Cleveland always votes Democrat. The county always go Cuyahoga Falls is always Democrat. They're always blue. Yeah. Um, turns out they're not really Democrats. Oh. They're just poor. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So okay. that's why they vote Democrat. So uh, bold. I'm not editing that out. You just made that statement. Yeah. I'm not going to back off of it. Damn. I'm not going to back off of it. I like it. Uh, they, and the people who run the Cleveland Comedy Festival are the biggest scam artists that I've ever, well, I Boom. shouldn't say not the biggest. They are, they are up there. Brett Bowser putting Air Buddy up in Cleveland on blast. Mm-hmm. Because, right. um, and I'd like to see them try and deny this because they recorded it several times. Uh, so I paid my entry fee to get in. Yeah. Uh, like everybody else did. Like everyone who didn't get in. Yeah. Paid to do. Uh, I was selected to be part of the actual competition. Uh, my round was by far the hardest. Like there were so many working comics in my round compared mm-hmm. to the rest of the rounds. Um, I watched. Uh, I did not advance from my round. Mm-hmm. The people that did uh, was the guy who ended up winning the whole thing, who did a, a good like solid seven minutes about how. Like, I don't hate gay people, but you know they're weird, right? Like, they do some crazy stuff. Was like, he what's a African American? American gentleman? Wow, it's amazing that you pick up on that. Yep. Mm hmm. Uh, they also really liked the two Canadian guys that did some uh, pretty, pretty racist. Like, one of them did full Asian accent. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Man. As a white guy. Um, talking tell me he didn't talk about chopsticks uh he did not good thank god but yeah and so and and it turned out it was audience vote all right i'm like oh so this isn't really a festival this is uh and then as no one from cleveland from my round advanced Mm -hmm. but all these other guys who are doing racist and homophobic material advanced right and as a you know so i'm seeing that i'm like oh oh you are just poor you're not really liberal you're just poor oh snap 
Fucking Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, so then I, uh, I hear them doing these little uh, interviews because it's a big deal in Cleveland. Yeah. It actually is a big deal for them. Yeah. And I see them like on camera talking about how everything is going. And they're really rooting. They're hoping that maybe this year someone from Cleveland will be able to take home the prize. They really want a local person to win. Yeah. So really, between audience vote and the w- desire to have a local person win, they really just wanted to have the funniest person in Cleveland contest. Right. But they wanted the rest of the comedy community to bankroll it with their submission fees. So you feel betrayed because you've entered to be in this competition that was never, never yours to win. Right. I feel like uh, I feel like I signed up to sell Aflac insurance. You feel. Yes. You've you've been had. Uh huh. You've been duped. Yes. By the Cleveland Comedy Festival. Yes. Uh, the guy that won the whole thing was, you know, also, you know, he continued with his, his whole, you know, um, big homophobic stuff and whatever. I mean, that's... White that's boy? What, no. Black boy? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So you've been, you've been duped. You've yes. been had. Yeah. You feel very betrayed. Right. Especially seeing that. And again, and he won like a lot of money for doing that stuff. Yeah. And I, I could, I could try to do, I could have done his jokes. I could have, I could have put on a persona. Yeah. I have a family that supports Trump. I could have figured out things to say to give these people what they wanted. Yeah. I could have been the funniest person on there that night. By just saying, gay people be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I could have done that. I have, I, be, I believe that I have the skills necessary to write jokes of that vein Mm -hmm. um that would that would make people laugh okay Uh, yeah so um what now so i chose not to because that's not who i am that's not the brand that i wanted to do it's not what i feel comfortable doing right and if i did that means i'd have to compromise who i am for a paycheck that's selling out yeah that's the dilemma i think every artist runs into is Mm -hmm. what do we do yeah we want to make money off our art, but what happens when we stop being ourselves? Yeah. For the money. Yep. So I, uh, so I came home. Yeah. Uh, from the festival, not a winner, very upset and bitter. Okay. And then, uh, a, uh, a comedian, uh, had an incident at the Columbus Funny Bone mm-hmm. where, uh, they were doing some pretty, uh, pretty homophobic material. Um, and a patron expressed uh, dissatisfaction. Um, the patron got up and left. And the audience was, uh, I guess, threatening the patron as he was leaving. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we can get into the whole debate back and forth of like, well, the audience member shouldn't have interrupted the show. Well, the you know, comic shouldn't have been doing that stuff in the first place. Whatever. Cool. We'll leave it we, out. Yeah, we can. Whatever. Just the point is the incident happened. Right. Um, the comic did homophobic material. Yeah. The audience member expressed the satisfaction and walked out. The audience member was threatened by the rest of the audience. Uh-huh. And the Columbus Funny Bone, you know, issued the apology and said something about like you know in our 25 years uh we've never had this sort of incident happen which i thought was weird because that's most of the people that work the funny bone it just hadn't happened to have a person that felt so uncomfortable that they left right um 
so I, at this point, like I haven't, I hadn't worked the Dayton Funny Bone in two and a half, maybe three years, whatever. After I spent two years trying to get in there. Yeah. Um, I think my first year I got two gigs. Another year I got one. And then I think the year after that I got one night. Yeah. In the, in the MC spot or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I do. So, um, and just watching like some of the, the acts that go through the Funny Bone yeah. where it's, you know, if you've watched Theo Vaughn, for example, if you watched his Netflix special and how... I haven't. Oh, my gosh. It is some of the worst, worst... He's from the South. Yeah. It's still... It's, it's pretty... It's... I, I, I couldn't get through it. Like, I... And I was muscling through to try and, like, give it a legitimate... Yeah. Let me try and, and for an educational purpose, let me see what he's doing. Let me, can I learn something on a technique? No. Like, it's just... Just gay people are weird, and gay wim- people are women, different. You know, uh, kids deserve to be raped if you dress them sexy. Oh, yeah, dear. like, yeah. Okay, so let's. Uh, so, is there anything? Is there anything where you? So you, at this point, you seem Theo Vaughn, Cleveland comedy, talking yeah. to your buddy in Detroit. Yeah. Anything in between, any other sort of thing that happens between you and then and then that, and then you saying, I'm done. Yes. Uh, the thing that kind of really did it. So after after that comedian uh, at the Columbus Funny Bone, um, yeah, we're not going to edit this, right? I'm not. I'm very lazy. So after, uh, after Vince Morris is reprimanded for being homophobic at the Columbus Funny Bone, okay. uh, the Dayton Funny Bone proudly announces that he will be there the following week and that the Dayton Funny Bone is a safe place for comedy and that they believe in in freedom of speech right and you know all this other kind of stuff and if the audience can't handle it then they don't then they shouldn't come there they shouldn't come to a show wanting to be offended and I get that yeah I get that but uh and so I brought up the point of um and it was very much there's nothing wrong with my joke. The whole time, Vince Morris thinks there's nothing wrong with his joke. Yeah. It's the audience's fault. Okay. And what was the thing that we had said at the very beginning? Is if the audience doesn't laugh, whose fault is it? It's the comics joke. I mean, even even from... It's just the standpoint of... doesn't need to be... All of it is... A, we don't need to worry about fault. All it is mm-hmm. is... Me on stage, what I want and what the audience wants. Mm-hmm. For me, all I want is to share an experience with at least one other person who's experiencing joy. Mm-hmm. Well, when I mentioned that maybe you should just write a funnier joke, yeah, that was the worst thing I could have possibly said. Where did you say this? On what platform? Oh, I said on Facebook, of course. Put it on yeah. the real media. Yeah, because okay. the joke... Because the joke was not funny. Mm-hmm. Structurally, and it wasn't because it was a gay joke. Structurally, the joke was not funny. There are very funny jokes that are very homophobic. Yes. And I'll have a good laugh at them. Yes. And it's I, okay. Yeah, I will laugh at good homophobic jokes. I will yeah. make good homophobic jokes. Yeah. Uh, uh, someone's mom texted them uh, the other day. How many likes from gay guys do you I think... I got on my Instagram photo because I hashtagged it pansies. And I said three. It would have been more, but a lot of them died in the 80s. I'll make good homophobic jokes. Yeah. 
But structurally, his joke was not good. Structurally. You can be, dude, you can you can be mean, you can be racist, mm-hmm. you can be homophobic. Just gotta make it good. You gotta make it funny. And it wasn't, and it wasn't good. That's the, yeah. And so that turned into a, a big shitstorm. Yeah. That, how dare I ever say anything? Well, that's why you're not welcome back. It, it became very, very clear that... Funny Bones telling you get get pissed. Yeah. Yeah. That the reason why they haven't had me back is because their audiences don't like me. And their audiences apparently like people who spout off that Mexicans are rapists and we should build a wall. They should spout off things that God bless the troops. That's what the that's what the audiences want. And so that's, if you want to make the good yeah. money, if you want to make the good money, and Funny Bone pays very, very well. Okay. Some of the the best money I've made has been at the Funny Bone. Some okay. of my most miserable shows have been at the Funny Bones. Yeah. Uh, the shows I've had the most fun at, the people that I love the most, don't really have the money to to pay, and you do it because you love to, you you do it because it makes comedy worth doing. Yeah, but it doesn't feed you, right? And so if it if I if I was going to be in a position, I made a decision that I already had a corporate job where it's not really what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to, I have to reel it in. I have to put myself in a box and and do this little schedule. If I have to compromise who I am, I'm going to do it for sixty two thousand a year plus insurance. I'm yeah. not going to do it for piddly ass uh, comedian money and a greater instability. Like what what I know every week so far. Yeah, I've got my year planned out. Right, and I know my. There's a, a less chance that my job isn't going to go someplace than, well, I got this I got this bar gig tonight. Right. Is this bar going to be here in six months? Yeah. Is this show going to be here in six months? Right. It, what Did I piss the club off to let me come back? What's going on? There's more stability in your corporate gig. Yes. And more money. Yeah. So if you're you're saying if it's gonna be all the same, I'm gonna be put in a box. Mm-hmm. Stick me in P and G's box. Yeah, because they're way cooler with Brett Bowser. Yeah, they're way better to me. Yeah, because I get sixty plus a year. Yeah. Yep. And then I get to, I get to go home, and then I get to hang out with my friends. I don't right. have to spend four hours driving back and forth to Indianapolis by myself, so I can do so I can sit two hours at a show. So I can do five minutes. I yep. actually get to spend that those six hours playing magic or playing D and D with right. my friends. Yeah, that that I couldn't hang out with. That I had to twist their arm and use them to come to my show. I had to use my friends to get me those five minutes to chase my dream. I actually get to spend time with them and have a meaningful relationship with them. Exactly. I. Now, okay, now that we're here, that's that's exactly how I feel. Um, I want I want to use my time the way I want to use my time. Mm-hmm. And I'm never I'm, I don't invest in anything where I feel like I need to pay my dues. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna do what I want to do. Yeah. I have my art. I'm gonna put it out there. I work, you know, 60 hours a week at my job. I work hard. Mm-hmm. And then when I get time off, I'm just going to do my thing. 
Yeah. I'm going to do my art and I'm not going to wait around for anyone to say, oh, you can do your art here. Do this, do that. I'm just going to say, I'm just going to do my thing. And B, I think it really comes down to um, even, you know, guys at the Columbus Comedy Club, you're going up after a super homophobic guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you got to go up. And I think it's the act of you got to be, you really, it's that be undeniable. Go up there, be you, put it out there, and be everything you can be as Vincent Holiday, and leave it on the court and say, this was, I gave you everything. You cannot deny that I pulled this involuntary action of laughter out of you. You can, you can say that gay man made me uncomfortable, but you laughed. You laughed. I brought that out of you. So, maybe I made you uncomfortable, but you found something funny in there. You laughed, and you cannot deny that. And that's where I think comedy is. You may bomb. Maybe people are like, hey, I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. That gay man, he makes me feel weird. Maybe you bomb. But, on the other hand, you were you, and you were undeniably funny. You made them think. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, and I, man, I wish I still had that twinkle in my eye that you have. I wish I still had that oh, passion I'm about it. Just dumb. Yeah. I've been doing comedy for eight months. Because I've I've I'm... watched I've watched you know some of my friends play in the same rooms that I have and bomb yeah. just as hard as I have, and they oh, get yeah. to come back because, um, because they because they're generic and vanilla. And they didn't say anything that really... But wouldn't you rather bomb? Wouldn't you rather... I would rather hang out with a bunch of people and be myself and them say, don't hang out with this group anymore. We don't like you. I would say, that's fine. I don't like you guys either. And I would have been myself rather than pretend to be someone else that someone will possibly like me. I would rather... Just not even be around them and be around people that do like me. And I can still make those people laugh and we get to have such a great time. True. I just need validation from strangers. Ah, yeah. well, I got over that. Yeah. Good for you. You've graduated <laughs> yeah. comedy then, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't need it. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could, but at that point, like if I, I don't want to turn into the part-timer either. Um, damn, ho. We gotta wrap this up. Yeah. But I mean, I'm pretty much done. I mean, the point of, the whole point of the story was yeah. I tried to make comedy a job, and it felt too much like a, a job. So, I got out of it to, uh... Yeah. Have more money and more time to be happier. Do, yeah, do comedy. Develop a goal, I think. You reached your goal. All you want to do is make... The people you love laugh. Mm -hmm. Give them joy. Yep. Now I do that playing D and D. So yeah. I don't need. Yeah. I don't need a bunch of idiot Trump supporters telling me how I'm going to burn in hell or how wrong I am. Yeah. I just get to make puns and roll dice. Yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. Figure it out. That's all do I need out of life: puns and rolling dice. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's a. Uh, yeah, so I mean, seriously, that goes out to, like, that goes to anyone, anyone that's in any, any sort of artistic field, and obviously you gotta eat. Yeah. So I would encourage anyone, get a job, mm -hmm. get a job, eat, get a job, 
Get that taken care of. Get a roof over your head. Yeah. Okay. Then, who cares? Yeah. Your who art, cares? Yeah. The art isn't important unless it's functional. Don't make. I don't make. I don't plan on making this podcast is fun for me, and I hope somebody gets something out of it because I get a lot out of it, and I'm hoping my guests get a lot out of it, and I'm hoping other people do. I'm never gonna have a sponsor. I don't want a sponsor. I'm a grown man. I make my own money, and I don't care. <laughs> All I want is to be heard. That's it. God, I wish more pun- I wish more people were as stable as you. I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been awesome. Thanks a lot, Brett Bowser, <laughs> aka Vincent Holiday, aka the dude drinking wine at the bar. Yep. Oh, yeah. Out of the little tiny bottles. Out of the tiny bottle. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks a lot. All right. No problem. Later.